0: Hello, and welcome to season two of Dexter's Lab, a podcast on creativity. Each week, Nao and I interview a current Live Arts Boston grantee to discuss their work, their lives, their approaches to creativity, and so much more. In addition to adding a new co-host, I was lonely, plus it's season two, there should be two of us, we made some other slight enhancements to the Dexter's Lab format that we can't wait for you to experience. With that, let's get started. In addition to being the co-founder and artistic director of Jean Apollon Expressions, Jean Apollon is a successful choreographer and master teacher based in Boston and Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Beginning in 2006, Apollon conceived and has since directed a free annual summer dance course in Port-au-Prince that serves young aspiring Haitian dancers who do not have regular access to dance training. Apollon's Boston-based Haitian Contemporary Dance Company has performed at major venues in Boston and has toured Washington, D.C. and Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Jean has been fortunate to share the stage with celebrities such as Danny Glover, Henry Lewis Gates, and Edwidge Danticat, and to collaborate with community partners such as Central Square Theatre and Inquilinos Boricuas, and Accion. Apollon is an inductee of the Haitian Roundtable's 1804 list of Haitian American changemakers for his groundbreaking accomplishments in dance. During our conversation with Jean, we talked about his serendipitous and full-circle start with dancing, the emotional depths he mines with his company. The way women in particular inspires artistry, education horror stories, and of course, his lab-funded project, Cultural Connections in Haitian Creole and Spanish. A collaborative dance project with Giardinia Halloran that highlights and celebrates the deep connections between Haitian and Dominican cultures. So without further ado, come step into Jean's lab.
1: Hello, my name is Jean Apollon. Welcome to my lab. And my lab is really consist of using dance and movement as a way to heal communities. As we work in Haiti, I'm a Haitian native. And we work also to around you know, Boston, Massachusetts. And we work around other places around the world where there was a lot of suffering or there was a lot of trauma. And we use movement and dance to really create space to make people feel hopeful again and healed again. So the space that we create is joy, community, and movement and the love of dance. So it's something that I'm truly passionate about.
2: Amazing! Thank you, Jean, for allowing us into your lab today. Um, we're super honored to be in this space with you to learn more about what you just told us. Um, so, how are you today? Welcome. How are you?
1: Thank you to you both. I am doing super great and super grateful for this opportunity because mm-hmm. it is it is very difficult sometimes to share personal lies with others but it's something as an artist that i'm truly love to do because i feel like my sharing is always helpful to other Mm. maybe american or maybe other artists who's very struggling to really find a way to to move on and sometimes i feel like my my struggle of my experience can really help them also understand that their struggle is not is not only them
2: Mm, that's beautiful, and I think that's actually a perfect segue into our first question, which is asking us a little bit more about you. When did you first know that you were creative, right? Like, what moment was it like, oh, yes, I'm I'm a creative. Like, wh- when was that for you?
1: I was passionate about dancing since I was six or five years old. My parents were ha, irated about the idea of <laughs> me dancing, <laughs> Sounds about right. (laughs) Because, you know, Haiti, they feel like when you go there, you should be a doctor, you should be a lawyer, you should be like Mm -hmm. big money. But dance for them was very, not even secondary. It was all the way down to the fifth level.
2: Right. At the bottom of the, at the bottom of the totem pole.
1: So to me, I felt like I was really creative when I was 12 or 13, started to dance and training and dance Mm and dance wow, I can jump, I can do a split, I can move, I can watch me. And I felt mm-hmm. like that was the start of my creation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And so I'm, I'm going to quickly ask another question related to what you said. How did you then navigate convincing your parents or your family? Like, what did that look like? And and, and and what did you have to say to them to like, for them to actually start believing that this is something that you wanted to do for the rest of your life?
1: It was scary, you know, growing up in a black, <laughs> very <laughs> colonized country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Something that you never wanna look at your parents in the eyes and say, This is what I really wanna do. So yeah. me, my my mother and my father was very adamant of me not dancing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was not the 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 real way to go about it. It mm. was persistent because my i was disciplined on a monday when my father found out that i was dancing two months later he saw me on a tv channel dancing for you know some kind of program they had in the government and i was dancing then my father said you know what i'm tired of really disciplining you Mm -hmm. i don't want to let you be wow i think they regretted it before my father died i think my father maybe regret that I, you know, that he was giving me all this slack about dancing. Yeah, But my mother also recognized that when I came here to live with her and she finally said, okay, I'm proud of you, my son. So if if you're doing good things, I'm going to support you.
2: Yeah. Wow. That's so amazing. And I think... there's a a portion that we're going to discuss in a little bit that speaks about resilience, right? And I think that is so, this is so fitting because it speaks to your perseverance and your ability to be, like you said, persistent in actually following your dreams and and pursuing this very, very important dream that you had for yourself. And so speaking of um, choosing this as a career path, like what in your personal life influenced you to choose this? Like, yes, at a young age, you, you, you knew you could move, but what did you see in your world that was like, I can really do this, this, who's influencing you? Who influenced you to make this decision?
1: My first influencer was a queen, a beautiful woman named Lavinia Williams. She was a queen. She was a major talent at the Alvinelli American Dance Theater who had mm-hmm. passion, 80, and started to teach dance as a curriculum. So when I first saw her on TV, I think I was five or six. Mm-hmm. and she was very heavy accent she was trying to speak my my native language which is creole yes. and she was moving and explaining the way the yavalu and the way the body the way the heart mm-hmm. is you know to the movement the way the breath and is connecting to the wind and i'm like i want to be that lady yes want to do what she's doing mm-hmm. and i was really eager to meet her before she passed but i think I saw her when I was five, when I was 13 or 14, she ended up dying in Haiti. Mm,
2: wow.
1: And I was devastated. I was sitting down watching her funeral on TV and I was completely crying like it's somebody that I truly knew. Mm. But or not, when I first started to do my first outreach in Haiti, when I went back to my country, after many, many years of studying here, I went to teach at a studio.
2: Wow, yeah. Gosh, that's so, that's so beautiful and that's so inspiring. And, and, and again, it's, it's, it's perfect for this next question because I want to know how that influence from women and how the themes that you've spoken about, how do those show up in your artistry? Describe your artistry to us and how um, those influences have shown up in, in, in that space. You will see it from the colors that I choose for my <laughs> dancers' costumes.
1: I, I, it's not that I'm trying to get them to be feminine. Mm -hmm. It's just the voice of understanding because my mother always wanted me to understand things. And I find that the women who inspired me to dance in Haiti, like Lavinia Williams, Vivian Gote, was my teacher for over 10 years, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: always telling me things, but not trying to tell me things, but they were talking to me and trying to make sense of everything that I had to do. I was being taught. I was being mentored. So to me, that kind of energy you will see in my dance company, but also with the colors I was saying, I like vibrant colors. I like every color in general, but most of the time I'm always looking at women in Haiti, the way they move. At women Mm -hmm. in general, America, or when I go to Europe or any other countries I go, I always try to see the way women move and the way they speak. Because I feel like men in general, they walk similar, white men, Black men, Hispanic men, wherever they're from, African men. And I feel like, whoa, they are very similar the way their demeanors are. But women have a different flavor. They bring mm-hmm. colors. They bring different ways of talking. Or some women are very soft-spoken. Some women are very spicy, you know, spicy. And, you know, it, to me, yeah. that's, that's where I get my inspiration of creativity. Because mm-hmm. when they do that, I'm like, wow, okay, let, let's put this in the choreography. Or go and interview these women and really know their story, why they behave the way they behave. Because to me, I'm always curious.
2: Yeah. Wow. That is so amazing. I'm like, okay, how do I get to be part of Jean Apollon's creativity? Because that, I'm like, I'm a woman. What do I need to do? (laughs) What is it that I need to do to get involved? Because
1: you do not need to do anything. It's just really reach out. We always do. I'm always there, right. my, my coworkers really helped me to understand what to do. And as you spoke to many women and already in my, in my organization, you do not have to do anything. Just call us. We are there. So yeah. to me, making people feel welcome. It's something not welcome in a superficial way to be like, hi girl. Hi, yo, you know, bro, you are, no. you are very welcome. And What can I do? What can I do to continue that conversation? What can I do to continue to help you to this community? So to me, that's something that I truly believe in. Mm.
2: Ooh, okay, that's amazing. And I, I, I think one of the things that I'm really getting f- from you, and it's inspiring me so much, is your your passion for the work that you're doing. Um, you know, when you've seen when someone has been doing for something something for so long, sometimes they die out, right? They die out because they get exhausted or burnout or whatever the case might be. And that's fine. That happens. And, and you pivot as you need to. But I think what I'm, what I'm seeing from you is that there's so much passion in the way that you speak and, and the way that you speak about your work and how you're inspired um, by women to create the work that you're creating and how the influences of your family have made you the person that you are today. I'm not going to talk about me anymore. This is your lab again. Um, so let's chat a little bit about how um, the past events in the past year with, with, you know, how the world has been going with COVID. How has that affected your, your process? How has that affected your creativity?
1: I think that really scared me, first of all, but also it scared all my dancers and everybody who worked with me because we felt like, Everything that we do, it's contact, it's body contact. and Like real connection is not like we sit down on a screen and we talk to each other. So we were like very, very dead. Mm. Our dance classes that we teach in the community used to be 125 people there. Mm. Uh, Verses that we used to have, we cannot touch each other anymore. We cannot really get to each other. So it was a real process of how can we really stay connected and still do our work throughout mm. this throughout this challenges that are facing us yeah. and really since the covid started we find a way to really teach online that we never experienced before and it become very successful we find a way to even go outside in parks on the grass where we never were mm-hmm. but putting our boots on and keep doing the choreographies yeah. and i think yeah, me to really finalize this project that we were we are working on that we're gonna present on May 13 and 14 at the ICA and mm-hmm. premiere it there, you know, on those dates. COVID really taught me how to really overcome a lot, but also finalize the project that was about trauma, was mm-hmm. about healing, how you can mm-hmm. heal trauma. And COVID really re- made me realize that the trauma that I've witnessed in my country of my father dying in my country,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's very parallel to what people is dealing with when it comes to COVID, cutting COVID, getting to the hospital and not knowing if their family is gonna come back or not. Mm-hmm. So that was really a, a revealing moment for me to feel like, whoa, mm-hmm. these are part of different element of trauma and what mm-hmm. can we make it better? So to me, I felt like whenever we did the movement, whenever we do anything with each other, we felt like we were getting more safe and more hopeful. So I felt like those stories were very common with my dancers also too, who spoke on this small filming that we did with the Isabella Gardner Museum. It's like mm-hmm. a pre Praka, which was very also amazing. And you can see us wearing the mask, dancing yeah. at the Gardner Museum. And to me, all that kind of helped me to stay stronger and feel more grounded to continue to do my work.
2: Wow. So I want to talk a little bit more now about um, experimentation. We want, to, we want to know what, or you know, you can call it improvisation, if you will. Um, how does that take place in, in your work? How much of that is something you allow into your, your, your practice?
1: I want people to feel human. And human provides every day to move on with their lives. And I can tell you, anytime I'm doing a major work, major project, I will go to my country first to just sit down and looking at people. Sometimes I sit down in a hotel room where people are not even watching me and I'm looking at everybody Mm -hmm. outside. Sometimes I just drive my car early in the morning, like 5.30 in the morning or 5 o'clock in the morning, and just look around. I go Mm -hmm. around like morgues. I go around um markets where people starting to come and sell their their goods to how people really behave mm-hmm. I really realize that uh, the world that we're living in it's very improvising of course mm-hmm. we have a lot of brainiacs and intelligent people who really study subjects to really find solutions but at yeah. the same most of the time even through studying all these things a lot of the time they have to improvise to really see what they can try to make things better. So that's mm-hmm. what NJA. that's what we do in my dance company. It's mm-hmm. like we are laboratory, like we are doing right now. The magic doesn't happen with Jean Apollon saying arms up, legs up, turn around. No, 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 no. I come around. I said, you know, there is a story about this woman. There's a story about this child. There's a mm-hmm. story about this guy. Let's see where, you know, where the story can fit in your life and let's see how you can, now introduce and improvise the story to all of us to see how we can connect together and to really let the audience know this is the
2: process. Yeah! Wow, that's amazing. And and I and I want to touch back on this whole idea of bringing in a story and saying letting that be the beginning of your your work. How do your collaborators and the folks that you work with? How, did they, how do they? How did they take? Improvisation. How do they take experimentation? Do you find that it's 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 difficult, and you have to push them into that space, or do you find that people are generally like, okay, <laughs> let's try, let's see what happens? You know, what is what does that dynamic look like?
1: Amazing, because you find the yes, let's try. It. You find the Jean, this is look like hell to me. I don't like it. So, <laughs> and that also makes me feel very grounded because when mm-hmm. somebody one of my dancers can say, oh, "Jean, this is it is. This arm's going this way, and you want us to fall on the floor? We cannot do that." And I'm like, right. "Okay, why don't you try the way you think it should be, and let mm-hmm. me see whatever you give me. I'm gonna take it. I'm very patient. I'm very tolerant. Mm-hmm. So I never push on my dancers and my on my artists to be what they yeah. cannot, be. because you mm-hmm. have to make the person again feel comfortable, feel welcome."
2: Mm. That's beautiful, and I and I think you know Jay is an educator, and he he's always interested in what can we impart, what knowledge can we impart on others, and also what can we receive from people as well. Um, and I think I'm I'm quite ready to sign up for a dance class. So whenever whenever that happens, I'll be there. I'm not saying I'm not claiming to be a dancer at all, um, but you know I will I will be there <laughs> whenever that can happen. So okay this is this is so good. I want to I want to take us to a place of um creativity now. And I want to I want to ask you what does it look like or what does it feel like when you're in the zone? I think you've already spoken a little bit about what it looks like when you're in this place where you're creating. But what are you feeling in those moments when you are really focused and you're honed in and you feel like at this point, I am doing my work. I am really creating. What does that feel like for you?
1: Very scary. Very, very. Wow. Why is that? Because it brings back a lot of sentiment. Because a lot of my work is about social justice. So to me, I just feel like I just feel like it's just it's it's a lot of sentiment. And the mm-hmm. sentiment is very wow, very, very difficult to deal with. At the same time, I find the joy to really be mm-hmm. able to connect those pieces to create something that people are gonna be like, wow, this is amazing, or, or I don't like that. It's like really, it's like, I'm gonna make it very graphic to you. It's like really giving birth. You feel like, wow, is this gonna be good? You're questioning mm-hmm. it. But there are some moments also too, you're talking about the story like, sometimes I interview people and they telling you their story about, you know, being kidnapped, being mm-hmm. raped. And, you know, they're showing you pictures of their kids that they had who died through this process. Mm-hmm it is it is something i'm not a light artist who just want to deal with happiness only right and the happiness stories sometimes to the hopeful stories i feel like wow it is also harsh because to create hope you have to really be transparent mm-hmm. you have to be ready yeah to that hope because sometimes you will feel like you know that hope is just to be happy and have money and be able to go places and that you no know, mm-hmm. hopeful something that you create and it's something really gives you opportunities to see others yeah. and create space for others so they can feel the same also too. So mm-hmm. hope that I take lightly. So that's just what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you that I, I my work is archaic and, and and harsh to deal with. It's yeah. just a process. process. It's, it's something serious, but it's something yeah. you're like, It's like I'm in the lab. It's like I'm in a lab, dropping, putting drops together. That's what I feel with my work. Never finish.
0: Jean's work is all about observing the world around you, finding the truths that resonate within you and expressing those truths through dance. This week's creative catalyst is a quote from the great James Baldwin, Who shares John's sentiments about the work of artists? He says The precise role of the artist, then, is to illuminate that darkness, blaze roads through that vast forest, so that we will not, in all our doing, lose sight of its purpose, which is, after all, to make the world a more human dwelling place. One thing that we've been talking about, I've just first and foremost been blown away by this conversation that's rich um, And so I'm just do. like, let me shut up because I'm just <laughs> letting this wash over I was me. like,
2: well, are you going to come in at any given moment? You know <laughs> I'm just because... like, what
0: is the point? There is a flow. I'm not trying to disrupt that flow at all. <laughs> but I mean, when you're talking, I've been really thinking lately about, as Mel mentioned, we're both educators. And when I think back to how artists learn, um, a lot of what you're talking about, a lot of us do learn, right? About having to mine these emotional things to show up in our work, um, to really have that translate to audiences and take that on a journey. However, where I feel like there's a gap sometimes is learning how then to release that or let that go. And now for you as a dancer in particular, this is truly living in your body like in a different way that maybe the rest of us say. And so I'm wondering... Since you're talking about how that can feel so scary at times, how do you release and how do you teach, you know, the dancers that are working with you to release as they have to continuously summon the stuff and let it live inside them?
1: We do a lot of circle check-ins. We do a lot of work, like body and mental work, for our dancers, mm. where we have therapy, you know, th- uh, therapists who come in and share their expertise with us to know are we able to really release those energies that we put in our bodies to tell stories. And to, the way we move, up, if we working in a project like Traka, was so serious that some of our dancers were like, I'm very uncomfortable with this project. Maybe I'm gonna take a leave of absence and just like come back when you guys finish. And we had mm-hmm. to have expert in the room to really talk about what do you feel with, when you do this movement? What mm-hmm. do you think you're achieving when you're doing this movement? Finally, we had an understanding of, a lot of our dancers were very traumatized. Mm. One's personal trauma that they never wanted to expose and they feel like this project was pulling out, exposing a lot of their trauma. So to me, how we release those energies myself is just working with my dancers, working with my musicians, working with everybody and people who are doing the uniforms, like the, the, the costumes for the project. And sometimes I will even go and sit down on my mat in my own room and just trying to release those energies that I just finished working on four and a half years ago, I went to a a center for nutrition and also for holisticness to teach me how I can really keep my body in shape, but also my mental state in shape better. And Mm -hmm. a friend of mine in Newton said to me, Jean, if you don't just take time for yourself to really meditate and really see yourself, you're never going to be able to do it. And I'm like, how do, I'm gonna see? how do I see myself? Because do I have to look myself in the mirror? She said, no. She said, when you feel balanced, you will definitely, you will hear yourself and you will see yourself and
0: you will appreciate yourself.
2: Mm. And I have a follow-up question to that. Um, have there ever been projects that you've worked on that have felt like this is actually too much for me to take on it, emotionally, spiritually, or it's too much for me to handle. And I need to recuse myself um, from this project because of the weight that it holds and knowing that I might not be able to necessarily release this project in a way that it needs to be released. Once, you know, once we're done, do you ha- have, you ever experienced that?
1: That happened many times before, because sometimes it's just the person who wants the project to be done sometimes they call you at the short notice or not having enough resources when it comes to funding or spaces to do the rehearsals or really understand where you're trying to come from and sometimes Mm -hmm. I never want to feel arguing with anybody so sometimes I will let them know kindly like this is such amazing project but for me I don't think I'm ready for that so I can refer you to another artist or maybe you can search for another artist. And even with Jai, sometimes my own dance company, mm-hmm. uh, and I really want to work on projects and I feel like I would like to do that now. But when consulting with my team and they're like, Jean, why don't you not do that right now?
0: Mm.
1: Why don't you wait for a year and a half? And at that time they tell me that I feel like, what in the hell are you telling me that I have to wait? <laughs> And, and what am I waiting I'm, not, for? I'm not saying that to them verbally, but in my head, I'm like, yeah, but as soon as I get home and I start my process of meditation, really trying to receive what they told me mm-hmm. by two weeks or three weeks, I'm like, Oh, well, this is, this is it. This is why.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it really always come to clarity. I think mm-hmm. really, I think being in a space where there's a lot of transparency and there's a lot of support, it makes your work better, no matter what decision you have to make.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanna turn this question to uh, an external question. Um, when you think about the work that you do and you think about the support that you, ha- that you have for your, um, for your partners, for your dancers, how, how, how important is it for you to have the same level of integrity and thought when it comes to your audiences? Do you think about that and like how the work that you're putting out has this, can have that same weight and how that would affect your audiences?
1: I think that's just why we fought so hardly to demand those kind of resources mm. around Boston or everywhere else that we write grant to or asking support for. It's for us to work, refine, process everything that we need to do with the dance company, even with our team programs, to be able to really fulfill the need of the work that we have in mind. So when we go to present an audience or wherever we go, we feel very responsible. Mm -hmm. Those audience members that we're going to encounter because I am an artist that never want to go to a community to just present my work.
2: Yeah.
1: Never. I want to be part of the community. I want to learn about the community. I want to have a dialogue, even a Q&A. Yeah. I want to have yeah. the audience to know that who I'm around. Because sometimes I have people who's been in the audience who's, who saw me 21 years ago in a dance mm-hmm. class. They're like, oh, John, you know, I took your class 21 years ago. And, you know, I'm all from Senegal. And I felt like, you know, you really, you know, inspired me. I never wanna be in a room where oh one and two and three music finish and we just pack up our bags and we we go we say goodbye. No, mm-hmm. and like that's building up that's not building up friendship and that's not building up really a real community of what I envision because community is not only community around me, but I have mm-hmm. communities all over the world where I taught before or where I took a class myself before. Mm-hmm that I reach out to all over the world that I feel like if I have a question for certain things that I need, I can reach out to them. So to me, that's something that I truly am adamant about
2: it. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is amazing. I I just want to say that I, you know, I'm, I don't know how we're going to work through this podcast because there's just so many amazing things and gems that you've dropped throughout this conversation that I'm just like mind blown and everyone that's going to be listening to this is is going to be like where do I where do I sign up how do I get I, I, I that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying that's what I feel like is going to happen um so <laughs> this has absolutely been amazing and I, and I want to continue this um, conversation let's talk a little bit about you know creativity how much of it is nature how much of it is nurture and How much of it is something that, you know, if someone came up to you and they said, gosh, I don't think I'm not, I'm creative. Um, And and what would you say to that person that said, that says to you, I I don't think I'm creative. What do you say to that person?
1: I would let them know my story. I knew that I had a, a passion for dance. I knew that I had a talent for dance. But I did not know that I was creative. So creativity is something that happened with experiences. Mm. And that happened sometimes you might be gifted and you be able to to really touch something and becomes a beautiful creation. But there are a lot of us who are born to work on ourselves and work on things before we finally be able to create it. To me, I feel Mm. like everybody on this is a is a creator. You know, yeah. can create something, but you just have to experience and really know where to go with your experiment and mm. know, make it into work because it is a whole process because it's kind of like being a child and you yeah. uh, become a adolescent, you become a teenager, you become an adult and you yeah. become a, a, a mature adult. It, it is stages. Yes. Sometimes you do not have to wait for all these stages to happen for you to create. Yes.
0: I want to ask a follow-up to that. So we talked a little bit before the conversation got started. Uh, John and I taught at the same school for a little bit, the same class. And for me, this is my first year teaching. So that's already, you know, tough in its own way. But what was really interesting was that first year that I was teaching, I was teaching at a regular school that didn't really have an arts program like this was their program and it was about bringing in outside folks for a limited amount of time throughout the year but then I was also teaching at a performing arts school and so two very different students I was finding right people who identified as artists who loved it and then some folks who had felt trauma who had felt like you know they had done one music class years ago or one arts class years ago And maybe the teacher said something, or maybe they embarrassed themselves. And having to navigate kind of reintroducing the arts and creativity to folks who might have been burned in the past was really challenging for me. And I'm wondering, did you ever have that experience? Um, And as you just said about everyone being creative and being born with it, how do you deal with it when when they push back against that?
1: To me, I want to allow the student to really express themselves, good or bad. Because if they don't give you their truth, you never understand where to go with them. That's my way. I can tell you an example. When I went to that school to teach with you, I think when your semester, when your time was over, I was still continuing coming back to do a presentation with them that they had to create. Some young boys and young girls in that class, one day when Miss Prefontaine wasn't there, they all come with their joint trying to smoke in front of me while I was there. And I was like, Jesus, what I'm going to say to them, do I have to slap or do I have to, to walk on somebody? I don't know what I have to do.
2: And I just- What's my next thing? Do I have to slap or do I have to walk on somebody? I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. So I just said to myself, let me just get my senses together and just ask them a question. I just said, you know, everybody, can you just keep yourself together? understand like if it was me coming here with a joint in my hand and start smoking in front of you how Mm -hmm. would you respond Mm -hmm. do you think like i'll be disrespectful doing that in front of you or do you think like you know it's cool thing for a teacher to just walk in a room with a blunt and just start smoking and one of them the response that i got was oh no 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 no, yo 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 i'm like no no please don't call me yo i work hard Mm -hmm. enough to not call me yo i rather you said mr jean you call even if you call me brother, I'd rather you call me brother rather than call me yo. I feel Leo is very less than what I'm deserve. And that okay, Mr. John, you know what? I think it's very will be uncool if you do that in front of us. But you know, we sorry because we just thought like you were such a cool teacher and we we were just you know playing. I'm like, it's great that you said that you were mm-hmm. playing with me, but I just want to make sure I just truly feel like. You know, you guys are playing or testing me, but I don't want those tests because I prove myself to you that I truly love each of you and I want to be here for you. I know Mm. each of you are dealing with different struggles and I told you already about my struggle, but I want to continue to support each and every one of you any way I can. Everybody Mm. put their joints away. Everybody came to, even when they were not wanted to come and participate in the class. Some of them came, when I, whenever I start doing the hip movement, they're like, oh, no, 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 Mr. Jean, you know, don't give the hips, just do the feet and the arm movement. We're not going to do the hips. And I'm like, okay, you don't have to move your feet, just move your feet. So to me, I, I'm always, always grateful that I go to school to teach and I truly achieve my goal. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can see the trauma of the of that kid is so horrific. And you just come home and you like, who can I call to really talk about this kid? Because this kid is really traumatized and damaged. And what can I do to help? Because sometimes it's really not in your hands anymore to to bring that solution is because you see so much. Mm. No? So that's the only thing I can say.
2: Hmm. Well, it... (laughs) speechless again always speechless um let's bring it a little bit closer to home you know this 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 podcast is part of dexter's lab and this is all part of the boston foundation's live arts boston grant tell us what your project is about tell us a little bit about your project tell us what your next steps are um yeah where can we find more information about that tell us
1: my project is really about healing it's about facing your trauma it's about sharing and this is really the the continuity of my 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 mission and my goal Mm -hmm. to really use movement and dance as a way of healing because I feel like when you have people moving or when you have people dancing it's something that brings them a lot of comfort and It's something that also brings them a lot of joy.
2: That's great. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think the last thing that I wanted to ask you is um, tell us about how to get a hold of you, um, maybe uh, your Instagram information so that we can plug you as well when the episode comes out. Um, So that would be great if you can share that with us.
1: Myself, I just turned last September, I turned 46.
2: Wow. Wow. I would never think that.
1: <laughs> Some people think like thirty <laughs> something. I'm like, don't try.
2: It. <laughs> I've been around. So, Thank you so much.
1: No, but you know, and uh, my Instagram is Jai Jean Apple and Expressions. You will see it on Instagram, and if mm-hmm. you just type on Apple and Expression, you will see us on Instagram, mm-hmm. on Twitter or anything. We are there. Mm-hmm. and I don't know if you asked me something more about Twitter or, or about. Instagram in my age. I don't know if you ask something extra.
2: <laughs> no, I didn't ask anything extra. Um, so that's fine. We'll plug in all that information and your website. So that people have a great place to find you and learn more information about you as well. But most importantly, thank you. Uh, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you for sharing your experiences, your story, your heart, the the mission the vision behind all of the work that you do Um, it has been such a pleasure to have this conversation with you and we can't wait to see hear more about what you're doing Um, and we hope that you enjoyed your lab session today
1: (laughs) because I truly enjoyed myself and I like I don't like to talk about myself too much but I like to really share the truth with people and I truly enjoy to see young black vibrant artists like you guys also to doing your thing, but also to be in the community and really sharing resources. Because when I was going up here around 1990s, there were none like that. I was so scared to even, I just wanted to Mm -hmm. run out because all my friends were always telling stories about how they were treated being black. And to me, I feel very, very hopeful to know that younger, Black folks are feeling able to express themselves here in Boston.
0: Dexter's Lab is made possible by a partnership between the Boston Foundation and Dunamis. To learn more about the Boston Foundation, visit www.tbf.org, follow on Instagram at BostonFDN, and on Facebook at the Boston Foundation. You can follow Dunamis on all platforms at Dunamis Boston. That's D-U-N-A-M-I-S Boston, or visit us at dunamisboston.org. Until next time, and thanks for listening. Stay creative.